Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. An emoji. Bitmoji. 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 Yeah. Bitmoji. That's actually a thing. That's what it's called. If you looked it up, Bitmoji, I bet you. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes, and with me is Peter Lineweber. Pete, we've gotten rained out two times in a week. I mean, I'm not complaining that I'm here with you, but it's like, man, this pace can't keep up yeah it feels like we live in seattle i mean it's just rain every day um but it's allowed us to have two two podcasts yeah. so have you been to seattle no so <laughs> uh i just hear it rains a lot there so i assumed that it, it this is what it feels like to live in seattle okay i actually just I also actually can i like admit something degrees there right now is it yeah can i admit something yeah i saw that a tweet that said that today from one of my friends. Oh no! Said I think it feels like we're living in Seattle. So I took his that wow his tweet. Yeah. Was that like this was not really going to be a social media podcast, but like that's what what's on there. Like <laughs> it's that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying Twitter is good for anything. I'm just saying that I just want to admit that I stole that from somebody i know you're talking because like when you're on twitter it's like that's like a normal type of thing to to say you know for people like it's common like you're not surprised to see that no but all but then when you're off when you're not on twitter it's like wow somebody thought that they should write that and send it just to all people like yeah somebody thought that that'd be something that people it'd be worth somebody's time to see that to read that I mean, my my feet. Maybe it was it was valuable because it got you it know it's did. on a podcast now and it's going to be heard by by all these people. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm not going to shout him out because I don't know him that well, and I'm sure he's not listening. Okay. But uh, yeah, I stole that from. Him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it feels like we're living in Seattle with this weather. So yeah, I mean, I haven't been on. T- I feel like if you're going to steal something, there's probably better things that we could steal. For sure. Better joke, so maybe we'll work. Maybe on I that. shouldn't have admitted it. Maybe I should have just went along with it, like it was my, yeah, mine. Prob- probably not like an original <laughs> thought this guy had. No, I bet you he saw that somewhere too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's enough of Twitter. We just got back from Lasonia Links, thirty-six holes, two days ago. Um, found out this was not your first time to the course. Yeah. On the third or fourth tee, I was like, this, there's, or no, it was the third hole. You know that, like, white building off to the right on the dog yeah. leg? I saw that building, and I was like, it looks so familiar. Like, this hole looks really familiar, but I, I've never played here before. And then throughout the round, I kind of started having some flashbacks, especially with the par 3 seventh, which is a famous hole with a box card that's buried below the green, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um when I saw that, I was like, oh, I've definitely played here. And then I thought back to my rounds, and I found out that I had played there sophomore year of college. 
uh, played that course, the Lynx, and then the other day we played the the Woodlands course. So it wasn't the first time, but it was the first time playing it recreationally, so for fun. And I realized that it's way more fun playing it that way than it is in a tournament setting. What was your most memorable hole that you played? Um, seven's the obvious answer, I think, because it's such a um, visually pleasing hole. It's just a really cool, I mean, it's such a steep incline off the right side of that green. I mean, what is that, 25 feet, right? Something like that. Oh, for like 40 feet. Is it more? It's 40 feet? It's gotta be. Either way, huge, huge drop off to the right. Um, very cool hole. Um, that was one of them. Probably the, I mean, like, what did you do? Like, what? Like, a oh, hole that, that, that you I played? played? Yeah. Uh, the 14th hole, the first round. This is par three down the hill, 133 yards. I hit a high gap wedge that was coming, it was super high and it was coming straight down. It looked really good in the air and it hit the, what looked like the middle of the flag. It went straight down. Ball mark was about no more than an inch in front of the hole and then spun off the front of the green and uh, I didn't get up and down for par. So I went from a potential one to a four. Pretty three shot swing. That was memorable for bad reasons where I didn't couldn't even save par, but um, memory is memory. Yeah. My most memorable hole was the boxcar hole, number seven. The green is, is angled like 12 at Augusta. So it's yeah. slanted. So if you, so this is where lefties, you know, have a, an advantage. That's why they say lefties have an advantage at Augusta. Because if right. you, for me, if I, if I, pull it or hook it it's going to go farther and so that's going to miss the green mm-hmm. or if i miss it to the right it's gonna where the, yeah. if it's your lefty it's the opposite and it's actually easier shot but i pulled yeah. the shot a long way left and it smacked off the cart path and flew 100 feet in the air <laughs> and then i was on this down slope where and i asked you know i asked jansen you know he's a short game maestro yeah um former you know podcast podcaster right well he's always welcome back we'll see if it ever comes um, he even was was with me and like oh if i tried to flop this on the green like it's not going to stay on the green because it the green's so high from compared to where i was so i just tried to bump a ball like ro- and roll it up the bank or even just like keep it in the bank like i'd be fine with that mm-hmm. and i like did it and it went although it went 80 percent of the way up the bank but then it caught on these steps that you have that to get up to the green and it you know you're praying it would stay on the step but it didn't stay and it like went dropped down a step then another step <laughs> then another step then another step and then like while this is happening like it's very slow but you see like if it goes if this thing goes all the way down the steps and doesn't stop in the grass it's gonna take from the ball's perspective like a sharp right hand turn and start going down like another 40 feet down this cart path that wraps around yeah. the side of the hill. And so that's ultimately what happened. So now I'm at the bottom of this 40 foot, you know, yeah, uh, green in a bush. I just did a flop shot as hard as I could and I got on the green and I made the 50 foot putt for bogey. What a four. Yeah. I started jumping up and down. Those are so two fun. very different ways to make a four and a par three, mine and your your hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten that close. I think I've I've made one hole in one, but I don't think I've been like, you know, as close as you somehow. Uh Yeah. 
I, I was actually surprisingly not um, not that biffed about it. I, I just I was playing pretty well, so I wasn't trying to get you know make excuses. Hmm. Wasn't trying to say, oh, this round is is cursed because I hit the flag and it went way off the green. Well, you're also fe- I felt like Tiger at Augusta on number fifteen. You remember that? Except mine didn't roll in the water, where he hit the pin and it rolled right back into the lake. Oh yeah, we talked about this. This is when the years when he was like cheating. Then he took a bad drop. Yeah, I mean, I know you don't want to talk about. Well, if we call it cheating, maybe it's but a different day. Yeah, different <laughs> podcast. The the dark yeah. years of. I mean, he won five times that year. I don't know if that was a dark year. Well, Number I mean, he had, just, he had multiple incidents of like taking illegal drops. Yeah, let's just put it this way: in, he had much Mar- darker years tournaments. than yeah. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, but what a very cool course. Very, very cool. A lot of fun. Um, we were talking yesterday about it's just exciting shots. You just feel excited for the next shot, especially the, the approach shots on that course. Something you don't get around here as much. It's kind of the same old. Yeah, you're just hitting over massive yeah. like land formations mm-hmm. into greens or even on tee shots. Yeah. It's really. And, and especially into the greens where you don't know if the distance, if it's going to make it. Right. Like if you miss short or long, like the penalty is like pretty severe. Yeah. Not severe enough that it's like you're losing a ball, but still it's like, oh, you're going to be down 20 foot hill. Yeah. And so once you see it like land on the green, it's like pretty, it's more exciting yeah. than, than other. Right. You know, similar. Than a flat, yeah. you know, Midwest golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Our main topic of the day. I'm in a great mood today. I don't know. <laughs> That's it's good. It's exciting a, to be here. It's a beautiful Tuesday. It's actually pouring rain, but it's okay. Um, do you ever... Okay, this is... I'm just going to go to this, this place. Go for it. Do you ever get anxious? Or have you ever like experienced anxiety related to golf? Yes. In what way? Um, I, I would get really, really nervous before every tournament I've ever played. Um, I get nervous before rounds, non-tournament rounds, just rounds for fun with, with whoever, with friends, coworkers, family. Um, I think it's that I expect myself to play well, and because I expect to play well, I put pressure on myself. And that pressure creates nerves. Um, and sometimes it gets to the point of anxious or I wouldn't say full-blown anxiety. But, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of like the feeling of being nervous a little bit because I think it makes me focus more. If, I, if I'm not nervous about something, I don't feel like I care about it. Yeah, I don't mean that type of – I don't mean you, the normal like, oh, I – I'm trying to do well, and because I want to do well, I'm going to be a little nervous. Does it ever get to the point where it's like, where it actually like impacts? I guess like impacts like how you play, in like negatively. Yeah, but I think that isn't that similar though. Where like you, if you're super nervous and you don't play, you don't play well as a result of that those nerves and that yeah. anxiety. Yeah, I'm, I was, but there's there is a type of nerves that would just help like help keep you focused. Mm-hmm. So I'm just talking about like the ones, if it ever gets the, like past that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no, not not to that point as much. Um, but there were some some tournaments that I put a lot of 
uh, emphasis on that I played in. I was like, I really want to do well. And I would get really sometimes pretty anxious the night before or the morning of. Did you get anxious of a specific part of your game that you didn't feel confident in? Or was it just general anxiety, like general you know, nervousness. Yes. Yes. Uh, when I was a junior in college, I had, I went through a stretch the spring part of our season where I, I wouldn't say I had the yips off the tee, but I certainly was all over the place. Like I had a two way miss. And when I say two way miss, I mean a two way miss, like a ball that could snap hook 70 yards left of my target or one that I could just dead block 50 yards right of my target. And when you're playing, now I have a specific example of this anxiety. When you're playing a course with hazards on both sides of the fairway Mm -hmm. and you don't know where your ball is going to go, that's anxiety. We played, played, my spring break trip in college, our junior year, we went to Tempe, Arizona. We played this course there, uh, I'm blanking on the name, but every hole was lined on both sides with houses, like a housing development, basically. Every single hole. <laughs> so out of bounds, yeah. left and right. Not hazard where you'd get to drop up where it went out, yeah. out of bounds where you re-tee. And I was lost on some of those tee shots. I mean, like, not knowing where the ball's going to go left or right when you have OB left and right is, that's true anxiety on the golf course. So, yes, I have experienced that. Yeah, two-way miss with... Yeah, I, it's something I can experience or relate to, have experienced as well. Yeah. So it's not a fun, fun no. way to play golf. No. Um, now joining the podcast, Jensen Miserec. <laughs> Welcome. Spontaneous drop in here. He peeks his head what in. Up, and boys? Welcome back. Let's. Thanks for having me. Hand him a mic. Yeah, yeah. Glad I could sneak in. Uh, you guys are um, rocking and rolling down south in Evanston, and. Uh, just for the listeners out there, don't worry, I didn't die alive and well up here on the North Shore. Do Have you ever experienced anxiety in relation to golf? Oh, we're deep already, huh? Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> you missed the fun part. Yeah, you jumped you right into the, the deep part, end. And now it's just, here you go. That's okay. Uh, uh, do I have anxiety on the golf course? Have you ever experienced have I ever? it? Yes. Yes would be the short answer. I'm t- trying to think uh, when. Um. I think in college, in high school too, I used to get really, really nervous on the first tee shot of the day. Mm -hmm. It was like the first of everything for the day. So really Mm -hmm. the first hole was just like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first tee shot was like I'd black out and hit it, and it was always pretty good. And then the approach shot was never really a factor. And then it was like the first chip of the day of like, do I have the touch? Yeah. And then the first putt of the day of, do I have the touch? And then after that, I was pretty much on cruise control. That was like primarily in college. And now like... I never get nervous. Do you, have you ever had it in or relation anxious. to like a specific area of your game? Um, I've always been a good driver of the golf ball, so I would say I'd say the only time off the tee, I'm guessing that was yours. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't got to. I have. We have. Yeah, he hasn't gone. I haven't yet. got to. Mine gone yet. Yet. So um, this is really I, I would say off the tee. La- was it last year? First of all, rude. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just know you too good. Play, we played too much golf together. I, I know. I'd say two years ago was the same time when I was um, when I played in the the Illinois Open. I'd say at the end of that summer, I went through like I don't know six months of the period there where the driver was just horrible. Mm. 
I was like, I was hitting drivers with like my feet together, trying to like slice it to hit it straight. Oh yeah, I think I told you to do that. Uh huh. I played I a full, I played yeah. the front like a whole eighteen at sunset doing that. Oh, it was pretty good. Um, the whole eighteen with your feet together. Maybe it was nine or something like okay. that. But yeah, and then Still. I just like I just started like inching them apart. I did it through playing lessons. And it was, I mean, I felt like I was a lumberjack out there. Um, <laughs> and it was still drawing. It was just, I, when I got wide, it just got so dumped mm-hmm. underneath. So it was like the, the huge hook left. So it was just, mm-hmm. ex- it, maybe I wasn't, an- I guess I was anxious for the results of like, oh, God, I hope I don't get any trouble here. But it was more frustrating than, than anything. So I'd say that's the only time period that I've ever experienced anxiety off the tee uh, of like just kind of stepping up and being like, well, I hope the big one's not coming. Yeah. Um, maybe a little more recently on the putting green, like anxious that I'm going to blow it by the hole and I leave everything so short. Um, so yeah, it's pretty pitiful. Uh, I mean, you got to see that in, at Lasonia yeah. over the weekend in the first round. It was terrible. Second round was a lot better. Um, sure. yeah, just anxious. Yeah. All right. So this is my, cause Pete, we played on Friday. So, Ben, I recently put driver back in the bag. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, I, know I, wa- exa- I know exactly where you're going. I actually wasn't, but now I sh- maybe I should. You so should, because I would like point. to explain myself to the, I have, to the There's listeners. more to the story than that. Like, no, no, okay, I'll let so you go. Go ahead. Hole, <laughs> hole 12 uh, at sunset, I just hit this low draw. It was like an awesome drive. Like, just started at the bunkers and like just drew to yeah. the middle of the fairway. And Pete turns to me and says he says i was surprised to see you hit that no <laughs> no <laughs> oh wow it's the worst thing you could have said to him i think I've, i think we've talked about this on a past podcast but that's another misquote from you what was the quote i said i wasn't expecting oh i wasn't that. expecting that but it's not the same thing i mean pretty much the same thank you i'm glad you answered sorry i'm here. on any side <laughs> <laughs> so at uh, uh, on the surface, you could take that a couple ways. Like, is he saying, like, I, he, I was expecting you to hit a bad shot and you yeah. hit a good shot? Yeah. Clearly, that's how you took that's it. That's how I took Jansen it. Jansen thinks that as yeah. well. Um, but <laughs> what I meant was, I, first of all, have not played many rounds with you where you hit a driver. Actually, that may have been the first round I've ever played with you where you yeah. hit a driver. Like a real driver, not like a mini driver, you, yeah. fairway wood or something else. Because yeah. you've been carrying that two wood or that, that yeah. uh, mini driver for, for a couple years or for a while. So... Uh, I had hadn't seen you hit many draws in general too, so that's another thing as well. I used to you hitting a cut and talking about how you have that you've kind of owned that shot shape. Mm. So to see a low piercing draw was not what I was expecting. Mm. Not that I was expecting you to hit a bad shot. I would have said I was expecting to hit kind of like a medium height cut in the fairway. I but, had though been like my other drives that like that was whole twelve. Like I had lots of drives that were kind of similar, a similar shape. Yes. Maybe not as good of a shot, but they were a similar low turning left that day. You did, you did. Um, but I also would suffice to say that that probably wasn't your best off the tee day that you've ever no. had, right? No, but I guess I. But like on hole one, like I, it went low left and like barely went into the water. If you were, if that time you had been like, I wasn't expecting that. I would have, that would have made me feel good, right? Cause was, oh, you know, I was expecting you to, you know, be in the fairway. That would make me feel yeah. good. I think I did make another comment that round of like, I didn't. Have you always hit your driver this low, mm. like this flighted? Because it was like a kind of a, a flighted, 
draw that you were hitting a couple times out there. So, no, I wasn't expecting any of those. But specifically that one <laughs> tee shot, I was not expecting. It was a great golf shot. So well, there you have it. So oh. what's your side of the story of this? Of what? Andy, like, like why, why a right to left ball flight now? Or was uh, it just that day no, no, that no. you needed so, to feel that? Um, no, because I, so I had been, one of my students, Kalen Patel, kept asking me when I played with him, like, why I never used driver. And so one day I just decided to, like, just to bring it. And I, that day I, like, drove it, like, really good. I didn't have any, like, no big misses the whole day. Cool. And so he, I was like, thank you, Kalen. And so it's been, like, pretty good since putting it back back in the bag. Um, but then, like, there's a day, like, like, Friday, where now it, like, wasn't, like, wasn't quite so good. Like, mm-hmm. hole one, water left. Hole two, like, f- the right, the other fairway, which, you know, that's a good spot to be right. in that hole. Anyway, but you know what I, I mean. What and mean. then, like, hole five, left again. Hole... Seven right, hole eight in the middle, hole ten was middle, twelve or no, twelve was middle, thirteen was right, fifteen was way right. I thought I hit in the water on sixteen on hole fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> that was way right. <laughs> but I made par. Right. I made par. You made a great I made par. A great par. Um, so it's like when it goes off, like when it gets off, it's like really hard for me to like get it to get it back. And I think, sure. so I'm like, so, so after that round, I was really like, I was really kind of like not super excited to like go to Lasonia with that in my, like with that shot, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, Oh, if it's, we're playing 36 holes, if it's going like both directions, it's gonna be like such a, like just it's not that day. fun. It's a long mm-hmm. day. It's like not that fun. So like, what, like, what am I going to do? And then I was like, and then I started, I was wondering like, why do I, I don't know, like, why is that, like, bothering me? So this is, like, Saturday. So, like, I was really, it was just, like, all I could think about on Saturday afternoon. It's, like, why, like, why is this happening? Like, how can I Mm -hmm. do better? But why? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, because I can hit, but, like, it's, but it literally is, like, a a mental thing that, that also, like, takes over, like, my body as well. Because it's, like, I can hit that, so, like, whole whatever, 15, for example, I almost hit in the water, like, so far right, but, and I have 190 yards, and I have to, like, draw it around this tree, and I'm just, like, oh, no problem, seven iron, and I hit it, like, a foot off the green as a simple chip, like, I have, it's not, like, every shot goes bad, it's just, like, the tee shots go really bad, and then these other shots, and, you know, you've, again, you've played with me enough, the shots where other people would be, like, I'm dead here, like, don't bother me at all, and I just, like, hit them, no problem you know like i can make lots of pars from strange places and so um i had uh so so then i spent some time reading reading up on some of my teachers of <laughs> mr galway and yeah. uh and the guy uh joseph parent from zen golf you read that book pete mm-hmm. zen golf zen golf a little yeah. bit um okay and so what he What he talked about is, and we talked about this before, is like what he's like. What would be a game, or like a type of golf game, like worth playing? That's the question that Galway asks. Okay, because most, and so what he says is that most people play with like the general idea of like let's show people, let's show other people how good I am. Okay. 
that like that's what the, you know they don't say that out loud but that's kind of like the the unconscious like game under the game for like golf you know what i mean i a think lot, a lot of ego involved yeah absolutely sure, like, oh you know what's this guy's handicap you know, yeah sure. and i think that's where where like excuse where like we talk about excuses so much that's where excuses come from right because you're trying to show if you're trying to show everyone how good you are that when you hit a bad shot you just absolutely. you want to explain it away that it like wasn't actually your fault um or or it's like and then the other the other thing and this may be more to me is like they're going out there to like prove to themselves or prove to others that they can do something. Okay. Right. So like those are two, at least those are two ones that like I related to. Um, and so the problem, the, and so, Oh, so golly, he said, he said like when you get nervous or frustrated, um, or if you feel the tension of doubt, ask yourself what game you are playing and whether that game is worth winning. Mm. That's a great question. Wow. If it's game you want to play, whatever yeah. terms the, that's on, you're probably going to want to win that. Yeah. Well, so, so the game of like, gear. let's show people how good I am. Like, is that a game like worth winning? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, maybe like at first it's kind of like, yeah, it would. Like, what if I shoot 65? Then like people are going to think. But like beyond that, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, it's a very short gratification period because let's say you do shoot 65 and people are like, wow, that was, that was great. And then like the next couple of days, like it just kind of goes away. Yeah. And the like, next what, time you what shoot can you do for me now? Yeah. Or what, what are you doing for me now? So, um, yeah, that doesn't sound like a game worth playing or mm-hmm. worth winning, I should say. Yeah. And then, so he said that both, uh, the problem with those starting points of like, let's show people how good I am or let's like prove to myself I can do something is that they're. They're actually like based on doubt. There's they're based on like a doubt that like, oh, I can't do something, so let's go, or like I'm not, or like I'm not good enough at something, or I might not be good enough at something, so like let's try to prove that oh. I am good enough at something. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And so he's like, that is actually, he's like, that's a bad place to start from because it's just based on this doubt that might not even be real. Right, like you would never, you never try to prove something that you're like you're certain of, right? Like that this computer is white. You wouldn't have to argue that and prove that it is. It just like is. So he's like shooting for a place. Like, what can you start with that like isn't that doesn't come from doubt? I thought that was a good. Mm, yeah, um, it reminds me of um, when Fawcett came to the seminar a couple weeks ago. Uh, he talked a little bit about mindfulness of how you implement mindfulness to the strategy of his. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's hard to, it's hard to stay that disciplined to do what he's asking you mm-hmm. to do for that long. And um, he talked about something in the pre-shot routine or something like that. And you'll hear a lot of caddy player conversations say, well, I don't want to go this way. So I'm going to go over here mm-hmm. or I don't, I don't. He said, if you eliminate that phrase, I don't want to, mm-hmm. then you're actually, creating a better headspace for yourself for the shot that right. you're trying to hit up instead of saying i don't want to do this explain or, or visualize or verbalize what you do want to do and then you're only focused on that because if you're saying i don't what the, the thing on the top of your mind is the issue that you're trying mm-hmm. to avoid um and so it's just a little more i guess in your i don't know what you would say that but more in your presence or your yeah. in your thoughts um or at the top of the list mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. So I was 
so then I was convinced that those ways of playing golf or like those underlying things like aren't a game, you know, worth playing. And so I was trying to think of what, you know, like what would a game worth playing be? And so that's where I got. So that first half was, was from Tim Golly's book of the inner game of golf. And then the second one is from Zen, Zen golf. And he has a chapter in it called basic goodness. And he tells the story of, he's like, there's this kid who had a, a clay statue. I don't you know. I don't know. Zen stories have like, Oh yeah, kids just have clay statues around, you know. <laughs> like, like he had a clay statue, and he wanted it. Uh, he wanted like to make it to make it like a better statue, and so he like because his his dad gave it to him or something, and so he he like tried to like work a little bit and save money and like found things, and so he was able to kind of like gold plate the statue, and so he's like, oh, it looks pretty cool. It's gold, you know, gold plated. Um, but then you know, if you put gold, you can imagine gold plating on it you know a clay statue it wouldn't like stay that well because just clay like it's not going to stay you know obviously Mm -hmm. we have lots of experience with clay statues statues, and and gold plating and stuff like that and so so the the gold (laughs) the gold starts to like you know chip away a little bit and so there's still some gold there but it's not yeah it's not perfect and so yeah actually the kids the kids like grandpa gave it to him and so his grandpa's gonna come Mm -hmm. visit so he's like he wanted to show him what he made of the statue and so he was like shining up you know the statue to make it look as best as possible he's like look like look at what i've you know, done done to this, you know, the statue you gave me, and and so you know, had some gold and it was shiny, but still cracks and stuff. And the, the grandpa's like, oh, and he like takes it, and he's like, the he's like this statue, like it must have fallen in the mud a long time ago. And he starts like wiping away like the gold, but then he like keeps like trying to clean off the clay, and actually underneath the clay w- shows that it was a gold statue all along. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so basically he's he's no the, words for that one. The, t- the title <laughs> of the chapter is like basic goodness and he's like we, y'all everyone starts with this from this place of like you're a gold statue and then all these things just like happen in life that make you think that like you're not a good statue. Muddies the waters. Yeah, muddies the water mm-hmm. like a you know a two-way miss off mm-hmm. the tee or you know whatever you know whatever it might be and so and so like you forget that you forget that you're actually like a gold so he would say like your swing is a gold statue you just keep adding stuff on top you keep adding, of, yeah. you keep, of the mess instead yeah. of wiping away the mess yeah and it's yeah. like oh I, that's right oh i gotta you know do this i gotta do a swing change or i gotta uh-huh. change the club or i gotta do all these like different things that that are just like putting like gold plating on top of this statue instead of trying to like get down to what's actually there can say so um he says that basic goodness is a perspective of richness wholeness that nothing in our fundamental being is flawed or missing that there's something fundamentally right with us so that was the reminder i needed um because for whatever reason for me I, i start with the idea of like i'm playing golf i have to shoot this um you know, this certain score and that then I will like be good, you know, um, whatever it is. I think a lot of people have that same thing. Um, but but if if like your golf score or whatever is the only thing like proving that, then is that really, you know, all it takes is one round or one, you know, one mistake for that to to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that thing is so fragile, like why, you know, why hold on to it so tightly, you know? So so I think it's like so for me, it was helpful kind of going through this to think of like oh you need to start with like everything is you know there's some like basic goodness in 
whatever it, just in you just because you exist and i think that is a different place than really most people start with e- even in not just like golf but like other things right like mm-hmm. making money the job you have like your relationship your friends like what clothes you wear all these things are like oh if it starts from a place of like oh i might not be good enough then it's not something that you know is going to last yeah no that was a very interesting analogy there with the clay statue that really got me kind of um, caught me speechless there so where that got me so i played we, we made a, oh i guess i'll say the we're almost to the end of the story um i try to think of like what perform you know so he talked talks about like performance learning and enjoyment are like the three things that you need to balance well to have like optimal experience like so for me like when i get off and like if you're to get anxious about a two-way miss like you're balancing like your performance is like too high or kind of is what he would say i think so um to me i thought um of like so performance like what you know what game what type of performance game am i going to play and i after thinking about a long time i framed it as like a kid at canal shores hitting the ball over the water on 16 (laughs) right i remember you saying that to rob at some point in the round of what you were trying to visualize or or do yeah and that worked so that rob was like i keep going left i keep going right and i'm like no no no. he's like i hate the blind tee shots i'm like no you're just hitting. oh yes you're a kid at canal hitting it over the water like look you know can i hit it over can i hit it over that hump and he hit it down the middle so um but so like that's where it start of like he, as opposed to golf being like a I'm a 70s golfer I need to shoot in the 70s and I need to break par a certain amount of times to be you know to be a, that type of person or whatever it starts with like oh like here's a challenge like can I pull it off so the, like the performance for me now starts with with a question you know first like can I hit it you know, it starts with the canal shorts kid. Can I hit it over the water? And they're like, they're so excited when they finally are able to make it. But then, then it can be like, can I do this like in fewer shots? Can I hit it further? It's all these questions of like, when I am presented with a challenge, like, what can I do? Like, let's see, as opposed to the, as opposed to the perspective of, oh, I better do this or it means I'm not like good at who I thought I was. Yeah. Does that make sense? Does that like distinction? Well, that, that circles that back clear? to a conversation we've had before of like, just because you do something doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Like, oh yeah. my God, I made three bogeys in a row. Well, that yeah. doesn't mean that you're like a bad person when you walk off the golf course today. Yeah. If you no. had your worst round of the season, that doesn't mean you're a different person. It's just who you are as a golfer yeah. that day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it also doesn't mean that you're going to be that golfer tomorrow if you were to go tee it up. You're somebody new. You know, you're mm-hmm. reborn. And, uh, and you, you can you can change that trajectory that you're going on by just staying patient and being mentally aware of, of, of your thoughts and your experience. Um, but it, it's so easy for people to let a couple bad loose shots or a couple wrong decisions or, um, you know, whatever the distraction might be that day uh, to let it snowball. And then, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think that snowball, once it gains a little momentum, it's really hard for most amateurs to get back on track. And even the professionals, you know, you see, see people start going the wrong direction. And it's only the, I think, some of the toughest players out there that they can get it back on the rails sometimes. So did you drive the ball better on Sunday? 
Yeah. I, were I you mean, more confident? What Andy hit it great. Andy hit it great. Yeah. I hit, there you go. Hit like That's every pretty drive. cool. Yeah, played great. And you didn't change your swing at all. You just changed your mindset. Yeah. Man. I like was more calm. It was, it was good to see you. It was good to see you hitting driver out there. And that's a. I mean, that's such a driver inviting inviting course. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, open. but we've played. I remember though. So this is where where my brain goes. We we went two years ago. No, oh, that's right. I, did, I did struggle that one. It time. wasn't. I I didn't struggle the whole day, but I hit it. I missed with driver right on, uh, five and six, and I like remember that. And so that was part of like, oh, like these holes are coming, and there's yeah. out of you know there's like a lost ball if you hit it too far to the right, but like I didn't do that on either of them so that's pretty cool yeah it was um yeah so i don't know maybe that's do you the guys, end of that. uh i when we when we played on um when we played on sunday uh i played pretty well in the first round uh-huh. uh obviously the putting was a little and a couple of loose shots here and there but the second round i felt like the adjustments i made or maybe just the confidence I took into the second round and like just finding myself in similar positions or just knowing kind of where I wanted to be from round one of just like, hey, if you can just try and be a little better here than you were earlier, like it's going to be pretty good. You just strive to be a little better, a little like one. It's that philosophy of like 1% better, 1% yeah, yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys ever find yourself like with that kind of mindset out there or? If it, if it's a thirty six hole kind of day, or I don't know about you, Peter, maybe back in the, your college days of what your strategy was going into like round two of a tournament or something. Yes, uh, I think a better analogy for me would be like playing a course for a second time. Like if you've never played a course, you play it for the first time, and then what the next time you're almost like what I would assume five, four or five shots better, almost just based on strategy and like just knowing what to of, hit and where now and course knowledge and whatnot. Um, but Definitely on the on Sunday going into the into the second round, I played really well the first round, so I kind of was able to be really calm and confident going into the second round. And excluding the first hole of the second round, I struck the ball really really well. Um, I think I hit the last sixteen greens or something in a row, so, which I've I've never done something like yeah. that. So yes, to answer your question, just made some minor adjustments. The putt the putts weren't going in as much the second round, but that's just. I mean, that's just it's dumb just luck. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but in college, for sure, I mean, I, you just, I, I always felt a little more calm, I think is the right word, just because I, I felt like I had an idea of what I was trying to do. Out of your belt. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something I always yeah. try, and, no, I, I try and do from a mindset perspective of, like, I felt so much more, and even like the first, again, the first round, like, didn't putt great, but the last five, six holes, like I was hitting better putts and I was like, this next round's going to be better. Mm-hmm. And it actually like took all my practice. Stro- I didn't use any practice strokes like hardly at all. So I just like got up and hit it, got it like mm-hmm. be an athlete on the green. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, trust, you just uh, trusted yourself. And it was, it, it was a lot better. And, the, and then obviously the ball striking was, was better oh. too. And so it was just that, that mindset paired with just like a little routine, mm-hmm switch was was pretty cool remember our no practice swing match i can that was, was that this year that's uh it was this year yeah like early early yeah. this year that'd be fun i want to try that that guy so th- this we, guy uh, ended up kind of catching up to us as a single we were waiting oh, on like yeah. a threesome in front of us and he was a nice guy and we yeah. were chatting and chatting with him a little bit and um 
And I get, I don't know what it was. I think I took a practice swing and Andy, uh, like we were playing match play. We had the agreement of if we catch each other taking a practice swing, yeah, then it's, it's like an automatic hole. loss of hole. Wow. Yeah. In, the, in the match. Yeah. Steep penalty yeah. there. Yeah. And we actually well, like. you did lose one because of that. I did. Yeah. It was like the second We had a couple like. A couple back to the top and. Stop. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Does that count? No. No. So no. it's the follow through that it's, makes it a swing? Yeah. Like the full deal. Yeah. And this, and so we said something about it, and the guy goes, "Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no practice swings." Because like, like, no, it's like the challenge. He knew we were golf instructors or coaches, so he. I wonder if he thought it was some like secret that, you know, like just don't do practice. Real swing. golfers and don't then, do practice swings. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, is that the Kool Aid you're going to drink today, man? <laughs> <laughs> There's try it again. I don't know. I think. I love it. For, I, mean, I absolutely it. love it for putting. The full swing, it's a little hard, but well, it's hard. Is it hard? Do you? Th- I mean, to me, it's just hard just because you're used. Because it just like is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But I think like if you spent more time trying it, I think it's you know, hard to fine. remember not to. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I mean. It's, it's just hard of like what to, you've the done. The physical aspect of it, it's actually not that yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually refreshing, but. Um, yeah, the, I feel like the routine, be, like the process, yeah. is yeah. way harder to be like, yeah. oh my god, like I almost caught myself. But I think yeah. if you developed, you could. I think we could oh, develop sure. a routine that didn't involve practice swing that would still like get us ready for a shot. Do you but think? Just, do you think like, but half shots would be harder though without? Because I feel like yeah, I use probably. the practice swing on like a half wedge a lot more just to like that first one you can tell pretty quickly like oh if i that would be a little too big you know what i mean like you take let's say it's like a 70 yard shot and you have a sand wedge and you're kind of trying to hit this half swing yeah, i feel I mean, like you need or at least yeah, I don't maybe know. not I feel like you just develop your feels even that much better huh, you could be right i've you never know? tried it i don't know and uh and then god you just got to have some confidence and some some belief some baller to, yeah. to just go ball out and, yeah. and give it a go and uh so you're lear- I think you're learning more from every swing, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. I find it the hardest around the chipping because chipping, like, you want to take a lot of – you can take more practice swings, I feel like, chipping. Like, I take, like, I don't know, a dozen practice swings mm-hmm. when I'm chipping versus my full swing. I kind of take one. That's mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, you're kind of feeling out the lie. Yep. And, you know, yeah, that, I think that's it. Like, that, with that full swing, like, the clubs are all different lengths. Like, you, nev- you rarely have the same lot. Like, if the ball's above your feet. And like, chances are, if you don't take a practice swing, you're you're not gonna you're gonna take a lot of ground, you know. Mm-hmm. So there may be some benefit to that. Um, all right. Well, uh, anything else you guys got? Oh, I have a I have a quick. Um, I love Jell's uh, podcast that you recorded at Canal the other day of um, the excuses. Ah. And I just wanted to share something from from my camp that uh, I experienced yeah. yesterday. So I had a, had a kid uh, in in class, and he was on the younger side of I had. Uh, kid in high school, kid about to try out, another kid about to try out, and then I had this younger guy. He's twelve, I think. So, um, so we're we're out there, we're rocking, we're rolling, and lots of excuses flying because it's wet, and they didn't. Some people were wearing tennis shoes, and wet socks, mm. and so you know they're all complaining and excuses of of just like how being uncomfortable with their wet socks and feet and whatnot. But then on the second hole, some of them hit some good shots and like, well, maybe wet socks is the trick to hitting good shots. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. But on the first hole, one of them was wearing a hoodie. And he said, oh man, 
um, this is, uh, he like got out of his routine and like backed off the ball and like announced it. We're like all waiting on him. We're, like, yeah. He announced, announced this to the group. Like, hey guys, this is my first time ever hitting a shot with a hoodie. Like, so, <laughs> uh, so if it goes bad, so, you know, just watch out. And, and I look over to the other guys and go, so if he hits it bad, that's definitely the reason why. Yeah. And then the other kid in the group, he goes, he said, wow pre-shot excuses and i was like yes there it is <laughs> pre-shot excuses that's was, funny was, I, I thought of you guys it was funny send them send them to the podcast <laughs> that's I a new will. one that's a new one i haven't heard that yet yes nice. yes this is the first time i've ever swung in a hoodie i'm like i think it'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> there was a chance at lasonia you know 36 holes like after i oh yeah because chris on hole let's see he got up and down from like the craziest spots, like four, yeah, four holes Chris in a, a row. Wicked short game yeah, all yeah. day. He, he did it the first, first round. So yeah. underrated. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. So the first hole, the first hole, he missed that green left, and it rolled halfway down the mountain. Wait, where is this again? Number At Lasonia, number one. That steep He's thing. It on didn't it? go all the way down. I don't oh, know how. So it's yeah. basically like t- tipping over, but he somehow he hit it, you know, to tap and range. He didn't even stand over. Yeah, there. I don't know. I like don't know how it how it happened. Did he get that yeah. up and down? Yeah, on four, yeah, on hole four, he hit, I don't know, like a four iron or something. And he hit it so bad, he's like 50 yards short of the green and got up and down. He got like that up, up and down? Yeah. I saw that. Front pin? Yeah, yeah. Nasty. Wow. Yeah, but then like uh, the next hole or something, he hit a bad shot. And I think he, I don't know if he's, we ran into you guys or something and he's like, oh, 36 hole, you know, I'm getting tired. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, you weren't saying this when you're getting up and down, like said, off the uh, side of a mountain. Like, <laughs> like we had these yeah. big, uh, barbecue sandwiches. He goes, Oh man, that lunch is sitting a little heavy. <laughs> I'm like, That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like no one. It's like when you're like, making that barbecue's fueling me. baby. He's <laughs> no. literally, he was making incredible shots, you know, like and playing incredible. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's like all it takes one bad shot, and I call. I was like, no, like you weren't, you weren't saying that. That's awesome. You know, so when you're on the side of a mountain, that so. no matter if you're playing well or poorly, excuses still, yeah, still, still fly. Crazy. They yeah. still go. They, we're just looking for an excuse to make an excuse. Yeah, seriously. Think, but the Alex, he, so I think his podcast we just need to call out staff members of any excuses they make on the golf course. It can just be. <laughs> but Alex put, joined us for nine holes on Friday, and I think on like the second or third hole he missed a putt, and he said, "I I can't make anything today." He's like, oh. like, I know, do you he hit two putts, yeah. Alex, yeah. <laughs> and no, and didn't practice, so uh, jumped right into the round. But it's just like, yeah, this is what you know. Maybe what, he was while you guys are on the front nine. He's on the putting green the whole I guess time. Could have been. That's but true. It's just it's That's, just funny. It's like yeah. one of those things. Like it's it's like the. You know, like the FedEx logo has like an arrow in the logo. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, and it's like once you see, like, once you see, once you, you see it, see you it. can't not see it. Mm-hmm. And like excuses are like that now to me because shout out, everywhere. shout out Steve. He he at one point like during our match he goes, he hit it in the bunker and I think you were in the fairway and he's like oh, probably plugged. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then and then I turned to him and I said. Yeah, and Pete's is probably in a divot right in the middle of the fairway. (laughs) I was I rode with Steve for thirty six holes, and I I was paying attention to the excuses, and he wasn't that bad. Yeah, a little bit seemed like he was going in the wrong direction, not just with his game, but with his mindset. 
Um, but to his credit, got some food in his system after 18. Um, had, right. a couple, had a couple libations, as Tiger <laughs> says. Uh, and he was he was back at it, and right. he was happy as ever. So, well, if you know, if we're happy for anyone to you know do well, it's Steve. So, no doubt about you it. You know, congrats, yep. Steve. Um, all right, Pete. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That's Andy. All our time for today. We'll talk to you next week. You know, maybe we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll rain. Clean again. contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. But the moment defines you.